0: One day, you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings, who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative Where truth lives. It's
1: time for Narrative Living with Eric Garland. How are you, Eric? I am great. And I'm Zev Shalev. We've got a good show ahead for you tonight. But the story that I cannot believe today is that the wife of a Supreme Court justice went before a congressional hearing to testify about the attempted coup of January the 6th and told the hearing of men and women who are adults and know the truth about what really went on, that she still believes that Joe Biden is the president because of fraud. She basically still Mm -hmm. believes in the big lie and she thinks it's really Donald Trump's presidency that has been stolen. Still, Mm -hmm. she still believes this. She's the wife of Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice. I've done a lot of digging into Janine in the last few hours because I cannot believe the amount, the gall it takes to go in front of a, a hearing and claim this again and or it's just delusion. I mean, it could be that we're dealing with someone who's extremely deluded.
0: So you've got on the Chiron there, believes the big lie. I have to say, most times I don't like the term the big lie. I mean, it's a good way to sum up the entirety of the fictional story. Of whatever the Italians hacked into a speak and spell and changed all the votes, and really Trump won. It, it's all fantastical. Let's just call it the big lie. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it in a lot of cases because the people there don't believe the big lie. They're not useful idiots who have glommed onto a story that they find emotionally satisfying. They are, some of the people are like Alex Jones, is an active, toxic propagandist using information as a weapon in a traitorous way against his country. He doesn't really believe that stuff. He's been doing this for too long. There are a few people left who are really that nuts and really do buy this. And Ginny Thomas, you would think of as a very worldly person, married to one of the elites of planet Earth, really. One of the top legal minds in the United States. But she has a history of being in cults. Mm. So she has this psychological profile. I think she believes it. And at this late date, everybody else who was involved with this he took who was cynical about it. They took the fifth, right? Or they hedged or whatnot. And she's like, no, no. It was I'm I'm correct on this. This is yeah. fraud. I I mean, I don't even think Giuliani didn't try that. Mark Meadows didn't try that. Navarro's was like, I'm not showing up. They didn't get in there and go, no, but Trump should have been still president. Like, they know, but mm-hmm. she... She doesn't. She believes it. She's a true believer. Which may be an indication
1: that she was profiled. Maybe that's how she landed up in this high-profile role. But it's interesting that just since she left that cult, when was that? Do you remember that was in the 80s or was it even earlier? She than-
0: was in a cult in the, in the 1980s, and she yeah. actually came out and talked about getting out of cults. She's developed quite a high profile over 30 years, it seems, within the conservative community as a
1: real leader, as a real someone who could be turned to and someone who could make change. She started this groundswell organization with Steve Bannon as one of the key board members. And that organization is really how we landed up with the Trump agenda or the MAGA agenda right now. So she really is not just an accidental tourist on this issue of the big right. Oh, no. She's an originator. She's a creator of this And so, I have to say, is her husband, because Clarence Thomas is an unusual fella. He's not like any of the other justices. He certainly believes in a very, very unique view of the Constitution and how originalists should govern within themselves, and within the Supreme Court. And he's rare amongst that breed. So imagine if his wife is the person who's cultivating a Supreme Court or Supreme Court nominees that are going to fit his agenda. So she's out there acting like a political envoy, a lobbyist, whatever, for Clarence Thomas's thinking and stacking the Supreme Court with people whom she believes will vote alongside him. And this is not conjecture. This is actually what she's been doing in the last 30 years. And so I should point you to a couple of things that are really interesting. Clarence Thomas, for example, I didn't know this about him, has been the headline speaker at the Council for National Policy. There he is. He brought the gavel with him a couple of times. I don't know, Mr. Justice. Uh, It's not appropriate, is it, for you to be addressing the Council for National Policy? Here he is at your favourite, the Eagle Forum. Several times, several times at the Eagle Forum, raising money for the Eagles
0: Ravioli. With I, the marinara
1: sauce, I, I think he got a lot of pizza with provolone cheese on it. He's, I, he's done his time in St. Louis here. He's done his time in St. Louis, and he's also raised a lot of money for the Eagle Forum, that's the Schlaffy oh. organization. So that's interesting. But then the thing that struck me the most—I mean, sometimes they say a picture. What's the expression? Picture worth a thousand it's words. A, it's worth a thousand words. Thank you. Look at this photograph. This is Donald Trump's inauguration day, and there is Trump going out of his way to hang out with Clarence Thomas. <laughs>
0: Oh, look at George W. Bush's face. Look at George Just W. Look Bush's at his face. <laughs> That's so great. That's and Bill Clinton's he face. He got off the stage. He said, "That was some weird shit." Yeah, <laughs> no, he's
1: like looking at him, like, "What are you doing?" And why are you talking to Clarence Thomas like that now? That's my judge. So it's interesting. And Bill Clinton doesn't look too pleased either. On the other end, I think. I remember the guys to the right. I don't recognize him to the right of or behind Hillary over there. Also, not very impressed. But, you know, I just feel like this photograph says so much, George <laughs> W. Bush.
0: Bush 43 is the star of, yeah. of that photo. Right yeah, there.
1: he really like, is. That's the best face ever. So let me tell you a little bit more because I did one of my little charts. We love my little charts, right? So mm. there's Jenny and there's Clarence. Okay, They've been married for a while. He really loves her. I mean, I say he really loves her because he, these are the things he says about her. This is about the Venita hill trial scandal that's almost brought down his term he said the fiery trial through which we passed had the effect of melding us into one being an amalgam as we like to say he calls her the rock of his life and then he says she worked 24 7 every day in defense of liberty adding we are equally yoked and we love being with each other because we love
0: the same things so they're pretty close i mean they the not, same. I have certainly nothing cynical to say about that. I mean, that's what everybody wants, so... Ideally, they're, they're, yes. They're politics aside. That's... It sounds perfect, but their politics sounds, can be put aside one. here, because
1: in this case, she's being political, <laughs> and he's not allowed to be that political, and here he is, what do they call it, an amalgam? They're one person? And then she's claiming in front of the committee today that he knew none of this, that he was unaware of all this stuff. He's calling you an amalgam. He's calling you a equally yoked, like he couldn't have been completely unaware. Added I see the, where you were going with that see, now. You see where I'm going with that. Now, also, interestingly enough, you know, this fellow, John Eastman, who's the architect, some people say, of January the 6th. Well, he's also Clarence Thomas's former clerk at the Supreme Court. So he knows Clarence pretty well. And he knows Ginny pretty well because they've spent a lot of time together at their home where he has visited and stayed overnight on several occasions. So it's possible that they didn't talk about the upcoming coup they were planning. But is it likely they weren't talking about the upcoming coup that they were planning? I don't know. I mean, it seems to me that if they're that close to both Clarence and Ginny, there's a good argument to be made that Eastman would have let his former boss know about the stuff. And maybe checked with him i don't know uh, again i see where you're going here yeah okay yeah. you want to see what the third little point on this little slide is you see this guy on the left i guess leonard leo you know leonard leo the guy the federalist you society The guy, leo. you've heard of him we've been speaking about him a lot right so mm-hmm. he's the guy who's been building a very conservative supreme court and he's been doing it for a very long time and guess he's also very very close friends with jenny thomas and clarence thomas very 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 close friends so you've got the guy who's architecting the coup on the one hand, who's close to the couple, who are an amalgam, who are a one-yoke. And then you've got Leonard Leo, the guy who's stacking the court with conservative justices, also close to the couple. I don't know, there seems like there's a conflict of interest there. I mean, if you want to adjudicate anything related to any election ever going forward in the United States, I think you've got a problem there.
0: Well, I just saw an article from the Los Angeles Times from 10 or 11 full years ago about how it had been revealed through some watchdog report that uh, Clarence Thomas, who is on the Supreme Court, he has to do financial disclosure, right. so we know who's paying the people that are in the highest court in the land, right there. And I gather that they had underestimated Ginny's income from places like the Heritage Foundation mm-hmm. by about seven hundred thousand dollars. Correct in yeah. a three or four-year period. It was a five-year period. But yeah, you're it was right. A five years. Yeah. yeah. But six figure salaries in DC are considered pretty material. That's not a gift or a luncheon here and there. That's I believe she was working at other places too at the
1: same time. I think she was at the Council for National Policy. She was at these other groundswell organization that she and Steve Bannon started all the way back in 2011. Or it was a long time ago they started groundswell, and she was on the CNP, I think, from 2009, if I'm not mistaken. So Okay. Yeah, it looks to me like she could have been getting a lot more money on the side. But she had a consultancy that they never declared. It was an anti-Obama consultancy firm that they launched because they can be political apparently. You can say that Clarence Thomas is an independent mind and he's smart enough to separate what his wife is doing from what he's doing, but he is the only guy who actually voted that the committee should not get any documentation from the White House for the January 6th committee hearings. So it's not like he's not shown us his cards a little bit here. We know that he's looking to cover up the entire day. He was not willing to let an investigation get their hands on all the White House documentation. So a little suspicious about what his end goals here are. So Steve Bannon, we've been speaking a lot about where his affiliation might be, sort of land up around China a lot of the time, because that's sort of where
0: his most recent spy activity seems to have led him the group she founded plotted okay. what it called 30-front war on hot-button issues and seeded talking points throughout the right-wing media, so coordinated media operations, which usually takes more than like one person. Yeah, it was a big committee. It had a lot of people on it, lots of really well-known, bold-named conservative people on this groundswell. And so, uh, Bannon's own publication at the time, Breitbart News, was part of that. And I guess Bannon's quoted as saying, she's an operator. She stays behind the scenes. Unlike a lot of people who just talk, Jenny Thomas gets shit done. There you go. She's a very effective person. In fact, people really
1: do credit her with creating this whole MAGA platform. Everything we understand today as being Donald Trump's MAGA platform is something she initiated as part of Groundswell with Steve Bannon because Steve Bannon is an interesting guy. Look, it may not have been obvious to everyone that he was an intelligence asset, but, you know, he's been hanging around her for a long, long time, which means he's probably been under her influence or he, she has been under his influence for a very long time. And then you have to really question, has the Supreme Court Justice's wife been compromised by an intelligence asset? Going back many, many years, it's quite feasible that that in fact happened. Not just one intelligence asset, because guess what? She's also close to Michael Flynn, because Michael Flynn was a board member with her at the Council for National Policy. So you've got Mr. Digital Soldiers guy, Mike Flynn, alongside Ginny, and you've got Steve Bannon alongside Ginny. has a woman who is predisposed to believe in conspiracy theories, predisposed to taking parts in cults, and you can see how they could be feeding her all sorts of lies and information over a long period of time, really changing, really corrupting her thinking. These two, of course, were part of the White House together, so they know each other quite well, and apparently still speak to each other regularly. I mean, these guys are not strangers to each other. And you asked me the other day about them being members of the same committee. There's their actual cards resume Zoom Info. Where they're both part of the Council for National Policies Action Committee. So there's no doubt they worked together in the last few yeah. years to build all the stuff up, to build the big lie, to build the QAnon movement, to build all this uh, MAGA movement. And then there's also Steve Bannon. So you've got two possible intelligence assets around a Supreme Court justice and who knows
0: if a uh, wife, and who knows if they were well, around the Supreme Plan Court is justice. not a possible intelligence yes. Yes. asset. He's an agent of foreign powers. Yes, that's true. that's true. That's true. That's true. So what you're getting at here is that Ginny, and thus her husband, they are political operatives that are not loyal to this country. Could, and he's could on the Court and he's got to go.
1: I'm saying that these guys maybe have been compromised to the extent that they may not even realize they're compromised, I and mean, they'll certainly argue that they are. But you know, you can't have this appearance in the public in this way where you've got all these allegations that are factually based, that are really uh, true about her and her leaf in this monstrous conspiracy theory that almost brought down the American Constitution and almost stole an election from the American people, and that there's intelligence
0: operatives running around her. That's not a, a good look. It's just not okay. In the United States, we expect our judges to be impartial. We expect them to interpret the law. We don't expect them to be without opinions or about uh, beliefs, about uh, interpretations of the law. And we have structures such that they can get oversight from a higher court, or if something's very noxious, the legislature can change the law. It's a really good system, actually. But it depends on independence. Mm -hmm. And if you are expected to be a district judge in federal court, or on a circuit court of appeals, or even all the way up at the Supreme Court, or if you're just a local municipal judge, we expect you to interpret the law and to do it without fear or favor. And if you're tied into a giant foreign ideological movement with a bunch of spies, I guess you can't do that very well. So maybe you should be a pet groomer or run a flower shop or do something else other than sit on the highest court in the land. Truthfully, the justices don't have these kind of regulations.
1: I mean, they sort of apply to judges. They've never been adopted by the justices. So they sort of self-regulate the justices, but. This is a kind of a glaring problem. This is not just like a little problem. This is a, you're gonna try overthrow the constitution of the country kind of problem, and you are going to steer the courts in a conservative direction with the aid of intelligence assets who are trying to just help you stack the court. I mean, it's serious. It's not something we can just say, oh, Ginny looks like a very nice lady, and I'm sure she is a very nice lady in person, but she's been operating or has come to pressures that are make it impossible for her husband to still serve on that court, in my opinion. And there's more. This Cleta Mitchell, who's a lawyer for Steve Bannon, she's a lawyer for Donald Trump, she's a lawyer for a whole bunch of people on the right wing. Also, it's interesting that she is partnered with Steve Bannon in this organization he called CORE, mm-hmm. the Citizens of the American Republic. CORE was what he did after the Mercers ditched him way back in 2018. They ditched him and he decided, well, I'm gonna start my own Citizens for the American People. The description of what this organization does is laughable, but it basically makes documentaries and supports Donald Trump in whichever way it can. And as you can see there, at 2018, they raised a $4.5 million from $2 million from a single donor. They will not declare who that is. And then the rest came from smaller donors. Well, they don't have to because it's a nonprofit. And then this is how they spent that money. They spent 250000 went to Bannon for his films. Forty thousand went to Sean Bannon, his nephew. Twenty thousand went to his sister, Mary Meredith. He was Wow Wengi's private planes. Well, that's true. Yes. So they also, they see this $1.1 $1. $1 million in other expenses. Can you imagine writing that down at, at your work? <laughs> at other <laughs> expenses. One uh, and day. See, One day. <laughs> and then you see the $1.4 in conferences, because can you imagine spending that much on conferences? It's possible if you're Steve Bannon. And so they put that down in the actual tax returns, which I find kind of in, just the goal of that is amazing. And then they also used Wingy's private planes, which is illegal. And they were actually slapped for that because they broke campaign finance laws by using foreign individuals' money, which is the value of the private planes that they were using. Anyway, this is all the big wall scam. This is where many believe that Bannon laundered all the money that they stole from MAGA supporters when they said that they were gonna build the wall themselves. It went through this nonprofit, which is tied to a Chinese spy named Gui, well, Guy, who we know is a Chinese spy, and is also tied to Cleta Mitchell, who's literally written there as a secretary, who is Jenny Thomas's really, really, really good friend. So, you know, yet a, another potentially compromised person in the Jenny Thomas orbit, and Cleta Mitchell is not only that, she's also, in addition to being a witness or participant in the call in the Fulton County case, where she was the one saying, help us found those 17,000 votes, whatever Donald Trump was saying, She's on that call. Huh. Yeah. It's a lot of issues around Ginny Thomas that it's not just about the big lie.
0: It's just, there's a lot of issues. So I think I know why Samuel Alito was quoted by CNN saying something about how he resented that people questioned the integrity of the Supreme Court. But sorry, dude. It doesn't look well, very good. It Doesn't look good. good. Look at this stuff. Yeah, money it's just there.
1: This is a money laundering operation that she was involved in. Money laundering two million dollars from MAGA supporters for allegedly faking a now she was not she's not indicted for it. He is. Bannon is indicted for it. Guao managed to get off by pleading the fifth all the way through it. But, you know, this is a case now that's in front of the New York uh, courts. And it's, I believe, he's going to get in trouble for it. He's not going to get off on this. He goes on to explain all this other, what they attempt to, what they say they're going to do as a business. And it's kind of nebulous and they do none of it. But they just steal the $2 million into Bannon's pockets, presumably, or to hire operatives or to who knows what they did. So that's, we showed you one side of the slide, which was, Hey, there's a problem with the fact that she's associated with the fact that they've stacked the courts. And there's a problem with the fact that she's associated with a guy who architected Jan Six. And there's a problem that Clarence knows both Leo and John Eastman really, really well. That's one side of the issue around Ginny Thomas. The other side of this issue is that she's been working with these intelligence assets for 30 years, or a period of time, or people have been compromised by intelligence assets. In trying to build this agenda, this extreme right wing agenda, which has also involved money laundering and all sorts of other things, in order to fund that agenda and it just all looks gross it 's disgusting and i 'm not saying she 's a criminal because i 'm not sure if she 's really a believer in the big lie or not, but however she got to this point is enough for me to say that he can 't sit on the Supreme Court because they are a amalgam as he called it a of one yoke they are one and the same being, and it's true politically that this is what they've been doing for a long period of time. They've been politically seeking to make the Supreme Court far more conservative. They made no secrets of that. They were both celebrated for doing that at the recent heritage dinner when he was praised by Mitch McConnell in this really odd, by the way, really strange statement. What could I, Mitch McConnell, possibly know about a notable leader who, is parsimonious with With his public public statements, who shuns the performative aspect of public life and who is viewed as a bogeyman by the radical left. What would I know about that? Ha, ha, ha. Amongst the crowd's laughter, Thomas's deep baritone was most audible. Basically saying publicly, I'm in on this. I know exactly what's going on here. I am in on the Thomas agenda here to make the Supreme Court as right-wing as possible. So there's there's your senator angle in there.
0: I just want to say it's not conservative. There's nothing conservative about that. Calvin Coolidge was conservative. Mm -hmm. This is not conservative. Their policies are
1: extreme. They're just extremist. And they're minority views. And they're being posed on the majority. And they're wrong. Clearly, they're wrong. And certainly, trying to take down the US Constitution, trying to overturn an election, overthrow the US president, who's legally and lawfully elected, is seditious. seditious it just is it is it's seditious it's if it were anybody else other than jenny thomas this person would be in jail this person would be behind bars i think if was any other grouping
0: maybe i should say than this particular grouping of people it, this is a huge network of folks and we're getting to see the people at the very top of it and mm-hmm. we're getting to see what they had in mind which was a seditious takeover of the, of the country so it's ugly. It just is ugly. And I, I know people are going to want to excuse her in a little bit of this over the
1: next few days. And I think that there is a, despite who she is, and she might appear to be a very nice person. She seems to be quite nice. But there is no reason that we can let this go. I mean, we can't let this slide because our next elections could be decided by this very same court. It's, it's kind of obvious he shouldn't be there. He's I mean, kind of obvious he should retire or at least recuse himself from any Supreme Court decisions related to the elections. It just seems like he can't offer a fair decision on anything. And if we allow him to continue to sit there, and if we allow him to pass judgment on future elections, we risk the constitution again. So it's not one of those things where we could just like, say, oh, well, it's not going to happen again. It is going to happen. We know it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. The notion that a court is going to decide our election, that's mm-hmm. the sign that there's a problem. Yeah. And that's there's the strategy. These things we're well, that was the thing to cast doubt on it so that it could go to the mm-hmm. courts speaks much more about the compromise in our judiciary. It'll be interesting to see
1: how everyone tackles it. And we can certainly the committee letting get away with it today, but that doesn't mean they'll continue to do so going forward. Every minute of narratives reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative where truth lives.